We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Also with us today, Brad Geddes. He is joining the team today, joining the fray. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us. Here's the deal. I always start the show with your opportunity to kind of do your own due diligence and your own research if you want. Right there on their website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. You can find out more about Brian and Brad and the team, certainly. But you can also, under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, download like 12 different things, including Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. There's the three principles of retirement book, the checklist challenge, sample income plan. Uh, those are only four of the 12 different things you can download. There's no cost, no obligation. It's there for your information. Uh, and then if you have questions, you can always call the team. But again, that's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, download any or all whatever you would like uh, to help you figure out some of the questions and concerns you may have. And you can always call the team with those questions, 833-707-3030. No cost to chat with the team. They are here to help if they can, 833-707-3030. Brian J. Decker, the founding partner of Decker Retirement Planning. Brian, how are you? You and Brad are getting ready to go, and you're going to talk about the stress test a little bit today. Yes, this is uh, in 37 years of doing this, this is something that we put together to identify problems right now today instead of finding out there's a problem when you're 75 or 80. You want to find out today what the issue is and we can take care of it. And so we're going to go through and get as much done as we can today. Brad, uh, as you look at this list, in my opinion, the first three are more important than anything on this list. So I, I, I bet we'll spend some time on those. The first one, Brad, I want to ask you about is how much income do you want at retirement? That sounds like a really easy softball pitch, but a lot of people, a lot of really smart people with large assets, it, it causes them to pause, right? And it causes some people to go back and look at their records and see what they're spending. A lot of people don't know what they want in retirement. One, so talk about that, Brad, and then talk about how it's a misnomer or it's a myth that a lot of people spend less in retirement. Um, so let's start there, Brad. Yeah, I've always liked I've always liked this question because you you realize that clients quickly fall into a number of camps, but they're all so different. I mean, you get and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, Brian. But you, you get some clients when you ask that they just don't know. It's like a deer in the headlights. They've spent their entire life working at a job, building their portfolio. That the idea of coming up with a number of how much they need to spend on a monthly or even worse, an annual basis or what they'll need when they're 83 years old is just, that's just not how they've thought. It's the reason they come to our office because they're like, you're supposed to help me with that. So that, that's one type of client I get. Others are the budgeters. I mean, these are the ones where they have a whole notebook of 15 years of historical spending and they'll talk about the cadence of their cash flows um, and how it's different in the spring versus the fall. And you really get very different people uh, that have um, you know different levels of precision on how much income they need at retirement. And you know, so I do have to address those uh, those people just differently based on what they know about their spending need. But you are right that 
Um, there is a myth that you should always, and particularly our tax planning conversations, people usually will come through and they'll say, well, I'm going to spend less when uh, I'm retired and therefore my taxes are going to go down. It's just not the case. And the way I usually tell people this is that your Wednesday morning at 1030 is going to look very different when you're retired versus when you're working. You're 100% full-time consumer when you no longer have work. So at 1030 on a Wednesday, you're sitting there at a coffee shop with some of your friends that are also retired, or maybe you're on the golf course. And all of those are uh, implied cash outflows. And so because of that, I usually like to tell people that if you don't know how much you're going to need in annual income, um, let's start with a pretty conservative 20% uptick in spending, not a 20% downtick in spending. That's right. Brad, I, I would say only 10, 15% of my clients see a drop. I mean, that's totally. how dramatic it is. 90, 85, yeah. 90% see an increase. And not only is this something um, that surprises the clients, it surprises the CPAs that that think that there's going to be a drop in, yeah. in spending after they retire. Now, Brad, why is it important in the planning that we do for retirement why is it important that they know how much annual income they need in retirement? Yeah. Um, I mean, as a math-based firm, what that tells <laughs> us is how much risk do they need to have in their portfolio? I think that's what it comes down to because um, when I know how much income someone needs to have in retirement, I know how to get that funded with what we call their principal guaranteed assets. We know where money is going to come from um, and it's protected against market downturns and it'll get them through the first in most cases, it's about 20 years of planned income sources. Um, and we have to know what their level of income is that they need in order to get through that. And it helps us back into that ever important risk bucket number that most people are advised on based on a risk questionnaire. But there, we like that approach where we use math to back into how much goes in that top right corner in what we call their risk bucket. A couple more questions on this. You brought uh, You brought up a great point, Brad, about how some people don't need risk exposure because they've got their $2 million saved for retirement, but they're insisting on only spending $5,000 a month, and the majority of that comes from Social Security. So those people really don't need a risk bucket. Talk about the contrast between that person and the person with the same amount of assets, around $2 million in assets, and they need $12,000 $12, a month. Yeah, what I like about that math-based calculation of their risk bucket, and it's it's really valuable for both of those situations, um, because once you know how much risk people need to have, say, in the market, or how much growth-oriented long-term investment allocation that is exposed to the ups and downs of the market, you then can have a really productive conversation with the underspenders and say, look, this is... If you wanted to keep your same lifestyle, this is all you need at risk. Um, but you can have a conversation with them that says you could even go lower. We could pursue a risk-free portfolio if that's going to help you sleep better at night. Now, I always let them know it's kind of like nails on a chalkboard to me when people go in the risk-free direction because um, just know how much better their portfolio would do if they keep a little bit on the table, even if they don't need it. But heck, you're retired. You know, it's your money. You can do what you'd like. Um, but for the clients that are that need more money, when you have that risk number out there, uh, you can help them understand uh, where the money is set aside for long-term growth. And it's purely meant to um, be out and out maybe 15, 20 years down the road to maintain their current lifestyle. So it's, it's, it's just a way of mathematically determining how much they keep at risk. And 
again, I just like it because in both scenarios you laid out, you can give people a concrete number and help get their feedback on whether that's too much or too little and help them solve that problem. And Brad, how many people that come through our firm are taking more risk than they should? I know for me, it's almost a hundred percent. Way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the amount of risk reduction, um, for better or worse, that we're able to show folks with that math-based calculation, is, it's by far the norm. I mean, it's probably nine times out of 10, I'm able to show people that they could have a lower risk plan, a lower risk portfolio for the same or better results. Um, that's, I mean, probably a, I'm probably understating it, like you said. I mean, it's, people come through, if they're using traditional portfolio metrics, they have a lot more variability in their returns than we'd recommend that they have going into retirement, especially if they need that income. You know, it's, it's yeah, one thing. If, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, it's one thing if they're, they don't need every penny in their portfolio, you know, the, the clients that have the $2 million, but they only need five grand a month. Now it's optional. Like that risk is optional. They can have more, they can have less, but for the people that do need every penny in their assets to have the lifestyle that they want, they have enough today now we got to be really deliberate around what they're taking that surplus risk for. So before we hit this last data point that I have, let's sum up. So people are taking more risk than they should, and they're drawing less income than they should. They see a distribution plan that you prepare, Brad, that shows that they can take about 25% risk and get more income than they expected. Did I sum that up about right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. We, we kind of invert the traditional metrics people are looking at. Okay. Now when you get someone in, I just smile when I think about this. A lot of people um, have come and gone from the depression era, but when we started, we knew someone from the depression era because they would have seven figures saved and they would insist on only spending three or 4,000 a month. Uh, they totally. couldn't possibly spend more than that, but we still get some th- that come through that have saved, saved, saved. They've done a great job. They've budgeted, invested wisely. And then for someday, and when someday comes, uh, human nature doesn't give them permission to spend the 15, 18,000 a month that they could spend. We see that all the time. What do you say to those people? Um, I mean, it's it's more about they're just showing the the math, right? And and this is what I love about the like the objective based planning we do rather than the subjective based planning where it's based on what they think they want in total risk. Um, and so I I like just being able to show people that you know they they have the freedom to spend more if they wanted to. Um, and the cool thing about showing people those plans where they have more income available to them than they need. And frankly, a lot of them have as much as they have saved up because they don't need that much. They don't need what their portfolio can provide. Um, in those cases, at least we put a number on it. You know, you can go in and say, you only need 60,000 a year, but you could very comfortably and conservatively sustain an income that's twice that. Now you have a really productive planning conversation. What do you want to do with it? Right. And most of the time, an advisor is going to say, just, well, just put your head in the sand and uh, whatever it's worth down the road, your beneficiaries get it. And I just couldn't be further from that stance. Uh, you should be actively taking steps to recognize that you have surplus. And how can you fix that? And how can you get the most out of it, if not for you, for your beneficiaries? So you take action on that surplus income. You don't just, um, you don't just just distribute that income or not distribute that income and leave the portfolio unaddressed, but you actually take action based on that. Okay, Brad, um, on the subject of retirement, I'm, I just want to compare notes. I think that people are surprised how much more income they get 
from a distribution plan than a pie chart. And, and I'm wondering what you think is the, is the reason for that. I personally believe that when they look at a pie chart, there's no, it's a guess. And they want to guess low because they don't want to run out of income before they die. Um, the number one fear of people in the United States, 60 and older, is running out of money before you die. Because they look at this pie chart that's not a plan. It's not a retirement right. plan at all. And they're guessing and they want to guess very conservatively so they don't run out of money. What are your thoughts, Brad, as, as we have clients come in and in that second meeting where we show them how much income that they can draw, almost every time they're, they're, they just have a real wow factor and a, a positive surprise? Yeah, I can echo that. I mean, it's, it is nice to show people that lots of times their income, is, the income potential is quite a bit higher than what they were told or what they were thought or what the best estimates with that 4% rule might show them um, as what's possible. Um, so, I mean, it's generally a very positive conversation. Um, and again, it, it always lends itself towards more of the, uh, well, what do you want to do with the surplus? And instead of it, the surplus that was always unstated prior, you know, in their other advisor conversations or in the math that they run on those online Monte Carlo simulations, the surplus is meant to be a hedge against down the road. So they end up under distributing because of what might happen when they're in their eighties or nineties. And well, as anyone who listens to this program knows, we're very conservative in our portfolio strategy. Um, I do know that your healthy travel years are in your 60s and 70s. And um, when people do under distribute or under spend simply because they are waiting for those out years, the years that are way down the road that have a lot of mystery to them and unknowns, they end up kind of handicapping their current spending rate out of fear of the future. And this is where I think just with a bit more nuance, a bit more understanding of how income distribution from a portfolio ought to be conducted, you end up with a lot more efficient portfolio strategy. And from there, you can discuss whether someone actually needs that income or not. And I hope you pick up from this first segment, because we got four segments. We're just getting started today with uh, with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning, the importance of actually sitting down with a team that can help you plan for your retirement. So as they both said, most people come in, they're taking way too much risk. Then they're nervous about their money not lasting as long as they needed to, so they're not taking and maybe enjoying as much of retirement as they could because they don't know any better. This is your opportunity to sit down with the team at Decker Retirement and talk about your hopes and dreams and your bucket list, things you want to do in retirement, and actually having a written retirement plan. The Safer Retirement Process is really about income planning, but it's also about distribution planning. So it's really the income. How much can we take and still be good and our money will last as long as we need it to? Uh, they don't know if they can help you, though, until you reach out. They would love to help clear this up, give you some clarity with your retirement. It's 833-707-3030. There's no cost for this chat. There's no obligation. There is no pressure whatsoever. Brian, Brad, and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help if they can. 3030. And you think about it, if you're taking way too much risk and then you're not taking as you know as much enough income as you could, and you're maybe not enjoying the things that you could be enjoying that you'd really like to do, but you're nervous, why not call them and find out where you are? 833-707-3030. Back with more with Brian and Brad. This is Safer Retirement Radio with the team from Decker Retirement Planning. Back right after this. 
Just as the seasons come and go, so too do the markets ebb and flow. If market volatility is making you nervous, give Brian a call and make sure you're not taking on more risk than you're comfortable with. 833-707-3030. That's 833-707-3030. Decker Retirement Planning has a question for you. Is your retirement inflation-proofed? Here's what we mean. In retirement, chances are you're on a fixed income with variable expenses. So how do you not run out of money when the cost of just about everything continues to go up? You inflation-proof it. Brian Decker and the team at Decker Retirement Planning can show you strategies to help combat inflation so it doesn't outpace your retirement income. Call Brian Decker today at 833-707-3030 to learn more. Inflation could take a huge chunk out of your retirement savings, but it doesn't have to. With some simple planning, inflation can go from being a major disruption to a minor annoyance. Call Brian and the team at Decker Retirement Planning now to start inflation-proofing your retirement today at 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Investing involves risk. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker of Decker Retirement Planning. Also with us, of course, is Brad Geddes with the team as well. You can always find out more on the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Any questions, concerns, it's 833-707-3030, no cost, no obligation to chat with the team. They are here to help if they can, 833-707-3030. I'm Mark Kelly. You know, Brian, you've been doing this a long time. You've been in the business since 1986. And my guess is during those, what, 37 years, Inflation has been high and it's been low, and now it's getting higher again. And you know, you've always in your in your retirement plans built in say two or three percent. That was the hundred year average. I think inflation was around just under two and a half to three percent, but then it got higher. And people probably back when inflation what around what oh seven oh eight oh nine it was really low, and you're they're like, why are you putting three percent inflation in? Well, because basically that needs to be there because things are going to cost more as we move along. Where are you in the inflation game today with retirees? Inflation, and I'm going to toss this to Brad too. I want to get your opinion. Inflation, I think, is on their minds more than any other topic right now, Mark, because, gosh, they remember the 70s, the late 70s. Do you remember when inflation was double digits and well, didn't we uh, hear that every just, every month last year in the summer of 2022? Hey, this is a new 40-year high. It was going back to 81 or 82. I mean, it just kept, it's a new 40-year high. Yes. And so with the CPI going um, up, the consumer price index, look at the food, look at gas. Um, that's come down recently, but uh, housing prices, I know some of our kids, I, I just, they, they watched housing prices double on them, right? right when COVID started. And so inflation is a big deal for people in retirement. Imagine that they're spending 25, 30 years in retirement and uh, things have changed a lot in 25, 30 years. Go back to 1995, uh, 97, somewhere in there and look at the price of gas, look at the price of housing, look at the price of cars and food. And, and so that's 
That's the big fear of people in retirement. Brad, how would you weigh in on that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big deal. I think one of the things that, and Brian, I want to know your perspective on this. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on the inflation planning side. One thing I've found is that the inflation we've had over the last year is really affecting how people want to plan for inflation for the next 30 years. And it's been interesting to walk people through this because we're obviously conservative about the way that we plan for inflation all the way out to usually we go to age 100 for folks to make sure that what they're comfortable spending today is going to stay comfortable at year 10, 20, 30 in their portfolio and the income distributions that we'll be doing over that period of time. But it's not sustainable if people have 8% inflation rates on assumed as part of their long-term portfolio. I mean, so I know how I handle it and that's by walking people through the cadence of their spending that they have in their port in their assets where they're going to draw more now early and often and less down the road. But how do you walk people through their concerns around what was last year's inflation and our current high level of inflation, but how that's going to shift and maybe not be the same inflation that we see maybe five or 10 years from now, albeit higher. I think it'll be higher inflation for the foreseeable future, but not eight, nine, 10% that we've seen over the last 12 months. How do you walk people through that? Um, I think they're seeing, our clients are really smart and they're seeing that the CPI is rolling over. They're seeing more and more articles about uh, like lumber prices that went up five X and are back to recent levels and uh, or old levels. Um, I think they're seeing that for many things, the inflation is coming back down, but some of them are staying stubbornly high, like rent and food yeah. and um, things like that. And and they're participants in those markets. And so I, I go right into the five layers of protection that our clients at Decker Retirement Planning have for inflation protection. And if you're listening out there, this is worth jotting a note. Um, Brad, do you want to hit that list? Uh, the five different layers of protection that our clients hit for inflation protection. Yeah. I mean, we start with the, the straight COLA, the straight cost of living adjustment that we put on their income. Um, that's, that's the, that's step one. Um, now we have different approaches for that. Different clients have, uh, certain aversions to, to inflation that we can reflect in there, but it's a, it's an automatic adjustment that we do to people's starting income to keep it comfortable year after year after year. That's number one. Number two is how long we plan for. I mentioned age 100 a couple of times and, and by default um, we plan well beyond an actuarially likely age. And for a number of reasons, not least of which is just making sure that our inflation um, protection is, is, safe and also very conservative uh, given how long we plan for. Um, the third one is that we always are very conservative on the rates of return that um, someone has in their portfolio. So even down to what I'll call it our bucket one, but if we were looking at a plan, all of my clients have some form of a bucket one and we're assuming a 1% rate of return on that account. But the reality is you can get savings accounts at 3% right now. So rate of return ends up being a very good hedge against long-term inflation. So I guess I'll be, I want to hear your, the other two that I'm not addressing there, but those three, I know um, from the direct inflation hedge with a cost of living adjustment on their income, having them live all the way out to age 100 and then conservative planning on the rates of return that we have for uh, their buckets that we have for principal guarantee and their risk account is kind of the ones that I use. Okay. And so I would add to that, Brad. Um, so number one would be the COLA 
uh, which you mentioned, the cost of living adjustment. The second would be any, any inheritances that they're getting. Um, that's a that's right, touch, tangible assets. Yeah, that's point. a touchy topic. Um, you know, it's going to happen. So we try to be conservative both on time and dollars, but we plan uh, on that on that dollar um, funding or injection of capital. The 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 next one is you hit it uh, the risk bucket. How conservative we are. The managers have averaged three times what we're showing on the plan. So there's going to be a buildup of funds there for a risk layer of protection. Hard assets are another part of the uh, protection for inflation. Hard assets like real estate go up in value very quickly and hedge inflation beautifully. Um, unlike our competitors, we keep the home off the retirement plan. That's that's priceless, sacred um, value that's off balance sheet. Um, but if they had to, they could put a HELOC in and pull some of the money out of their home. Uh, we're not being a fiduciary to our clients if we uh, just completely ignore someone who's struggling to uh, make payments in retirement and they, they're living in a seven figure home. So we try to look at everything, but those five layers of protection, when we talk through um, with our clients, we tell them that yes, you have inflation exposure, but your inflation risk is actually pretty small. Do you agree? Most all of them say, yes, I agree. Brad, anything else on the inflation topic? I, I think it's a biggie. I think for me, the big one on inflation, um, one of the ways that we're often competing with our uh, with with other advisors that don't necessarily specialize in retirement portfolios is they'll use pretty generic inflation hedging like rates of return expectations and having that be north of what inflation will actually be. Um, but one thing I've found is that as those advisors start to move people towards what they'll call a more conservative allocation, they're sort of lassoing that client to something or a portfolio strategy that's going to virtually guarantee that they're going to lag inflation. And, and the hope there is that they have enough assets that that doesn't matter. In some cases, that's fine. Um, but I would not expect people that are moved to 60, 70, 80% um, portfolios in like fixed income investments, at least not for the last 15 years, they've been perpetually lagging inflation in that environment, which is just disastrous if inflation ticks up to the levels that it's at right now. And if this sustains itself, those safer allocations would be really bad for a higher level of inflation than we've seen. So we're talking about the stress test. It really, most people take more risk than they need to. We don't really know. We're a little nervous. Will our money last as long as we need it to? So we get a little nervous and maybe we're not even taking the right amount of income that we could off our portfolio the way we've worked so hard to save it up for retirement. We all know we don't have a problem with risk when the markets are up. We do have a little concern when the markets are down, though. And that's really kind of what we're talking about. How should we look at this in setting up our retirement plan? Well, Brian and Brad and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help you do that. Again, the number, if you'd like to have a conversation with them, there's no cost for this. It's 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. No, no cost, no obligation. You might have just a simple question. And maybe that's is all you need is that answer and just keep doing what you're doing. Or maybe you really want to have that full retirement plan. 
and looking at income, investment, taxes, health care, legacy planning, Social Security, Medicare, a lot of moving parts in the retirement planning world. And that's how Brian set up the company. He's got a lot of great advisors around him. Brad Geddes with us today. But it's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And again, you can always call the team. They're here to help. 833-707-3030. We're halfway through today's show. we got more to come with Brian and Brad. This is Safer Retirement Radio. Excited for retirement? All that daydreaming can be time-consuming enough as it is. So why not get a little help with your retirement planning? Call Brian at 833-707-2020 and see where you stand in retirement. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. Again, you can always go to the website to learn more, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. And as I started the show, right under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, right at the DeckerRetirementPlanning.com website, there's a heading, Safer Retirement Education, where you can download up to 12 different things. Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. Three Principles of Retirement Book, The Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Plan, give you some ideas about how this all plays out. But there's eight other things you can download as well. You can download any or all if you want. It's there for your information. There's no cost to do so. It's there for your information. Again, that's DeckerRetirementPlanning.com under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. And again, Brian, Brad, get talking about all this stuff, and you're like, wow, I should give them a call. I'd I'd like to learn more about how that affects me and my family. It's 833-707-707. 3030-833-707-3030. So, you know, Brian, basically, if I was born in March of 2009 and I retired then because I was just born, but I was also wealthy enough to retire, uh, the markets I would only know for the next 10 years were nothing but great. Uh, if I was born in 05, 06, 07, 08, really the 2000 to 2009 was not great in the markets, but March of 09 kind of ended that lost generation or lost decade, if you will, on the markets. And then it was great for a while. Then we hit COVID, but that was a short five-week downturn in the markets. 21 was okay. 22 was not so good. So how does all this play out? Because nobody really has a problem with risk when the markets are up. But when the markets go bad, like 2022, We get a little nervous, don't we? And typically, when we don't really know what's going to happen, we tend to freeze or, ooh, I better get all out and go to cash. What's your thought? Mark, yes. I want to give you some more data points on your great point. And that is, there's been four times that the S&P has traded above 30 times trailing earnings ever. One was 1929, and the markets, it took 17 years to get your money back. The second was 1964. It took 18 years to get your money back. The third time was November of 1999. It took 14 years to get your money back. Recently, November of 2021, the S&P hit 32 times trailing earnings. And if history repeats, and we believe it will, we're looking at 10, 15 plus years where the markets trade flat. They go up and they go down. They go up and they go down. They really don't go anywhere for 10, 15 plus years. And what that means is that your strategies that worked since 2009 are not going to work if history repeats. That means any passive investment in mutual funds, stocks, indexes are going to go up and go back down and really not make any headway in the next 10, 15 plus years. If that's the case, then the active strategies that we use, Brad, I want to have you talk about these the process that we choose them, how we use them, and in a flat market cycle, how they would work. These are computer models with algorithms that have you invested 
when markets are trending higher, and when markets turn and start down again, a lot of the managers we use will just move you to cash and protect you from that down market. So these are called active investment manager strategies. Those are able to make money in a flat market cycle. So Brad, talk to us about this next point as far as the stress test goes, and that is it addresses the second biggest fear of people in retirement. First biggest fear of people in retirement in the United States, 60 and older, is running out of money before they die. The second one are these market crashes that roll through that decimate their portfolio. And um, it really it really causes stress for people because when you take a 30, 40 plus percent hit in your portfolio in your 20s, 30s, 40s, even your 50s, no big deal. Your income is coming from your work. And your 401k, every two weeks, you're contributing to your 401k, you dollar cost average into a down market. When it recovers in two or three years, then you're the better for it. All of that is called accumulation strategies. Now, once you're retired and the market drops 30, 40, 50%, you're drawing income from that portfolio that's down. The strategy better change because that changes your financial life if you've taken a 30, 40, 50% hit and you're drawing income from a portfolio that's down that much. Brad, how do we address that based on three things? Brad, address um, risk exposure, how it's different, address risk strategies that we use, and then address interest rate risk, how we completely eliminate it. Let's start there. Yeah. Um, so I think risk exposure, taking your first point, is what is crucial step number one. Now, I said this earlier on, but we are not going to evaluate a client's stated risk exposure preference based on what is very common as a risk questionnaire. None of my clients are an eight out of 10 on the risk scale or a two out of 10 or a three out of 10. That's just not how we look at our client's portfolio strategy. We're looking at their risk exposure based on objective facts, like what do they need? When? What are their long-term goals for their assets? And I love this because as Mark was saying, when markets are up, we love risk. Everyone loves risk and you're rewarded for it when markets are up. But the other side of the equation is way worse. When markets start to go down, especially on a portfolio that's aggressive in nature, you end up paying the piper. And so um, the, the risk exposure question is built into a client's portfolio based on math, not preference. That's like point number one that I like to make sure all of my clients understand. We can always use a risk metric to adjust their risk exposure based on preference, but I always start with objective metrics. Now, moving more in the direction of like what goes in to defend against market crashes, um, the next layer we're looking at is their income sources. Wherever they're drawing income from, either early and often, or say for the medium to even the long term, we don't want to ever sit down at an annual review and be sharing with clients the bad news that their portfolio just got hit 20 or 30%. And therefore, we recommend that they draw a little less, maybe cancel that extra cruise they were going to go on. That just doesn't happen in our office because of uh, the principal guaranteed strategy that will ladder up for a client over as long as we're building that income portfolio for us, so anywhere from 10, 15, maybe 20 years out. 
that means that whatever they're drawing income from in this principal guaranteed portion of their portfolio, it's actually protected and insulated against a downturn. So we can navigate those downturns without having to uh, make adjustments to their lifestyle. So that's the second layer of riding out downturns that will inevitably happen. The third one has to do with their risk bucket. So how we manage assets in that long-term portion of their portfolio. Uh, we offer a range of different strategies that uh, work with a 15 or 20 year investment horizon. Uh, but I know certainly a lot of my clients last year appreciated the active management that we do on that side that is uh, specifically meant to mitigate those downside years. Uh, so being able to change your position from a long only buy and hold through thick and thin, which again, it works on a 15 to 20 year time frame. But uh, when you're using an actively managed strategy, you can find the ones that uh, are better at avoiding those losses so that you're not spending, like you said, 15, 16, 17 years reaccumulating the funds that you lost in that downturn. So we like that active management uh, for at least a portion of clients' assets that they're not drawing from in the first 10 or 15 years. Brad, and now talk about interest rate risk. Um, how do we eliminate interest rate risk? Yeah, good point. I forgot about that one. So on the interest rate risk side, it kind of goes back to the overarching risk exposure question. Um, you know, when, when someone is looking at a client as a risk number, they're essentially trying to quantify how much is a client willing to lose in order to gain a rate of return that they state as acceptable in the moment that they took that, that test. And um, the more conservative, by traditional theory, the more conservative someone is on that risk scale, the more as a percentage of their portfolio, that advisor or that strategy will recommend that they move into uh, what are called bond funds. So bond funds um, last year had a notoriously bad year because in a rising interest rate market, when, when the Fed is raising rates um, regularly, or if rates are just generally trending upwards, it's a really bad idea to be in bond funds. And it's because of this concept called interest rate risk. And I encourage anyone that is listening to this right now, if, if you feel like you don't know the term bond fund, um, or if you have an advisor and you're aware that you're in bond funds, Make your next call be to that advisor um, and ask them to explain whether you have any interest rate risk in your portfolio. And they'll use fancy words like duration and yield to maturity. But you want to understand what kind of exposure you'd have to uh, that portion that might be in a bond fund. Because uh, as a lot of people learned last year, when interest rates were on the rise, these bond funds uh, were actually more volatile, more risky. They actually lost more than the broader stock market. Uh, in that same period of time. And it caught a lot of people I was working with off guard that were adhering to plans that they thought were conservative in nature. I were told capital preservation, but they actually lost quite a bit. Um, now, that's a little bit too much of a monologue there, but the way that we insulate against interest rate risk is by what I was saying before about pursuing principal protected strategies, ones that actually transfer the risk of loss out of your portfolio in specific segments that we're spending from. And Brad, uh, one thing we would never do is what I'm going to say. Um, I remember being trained as a broker. If you were at Fidelity, you get Fidelity funds. If you were at Merrill Lynch, you get Merrill Lynch funds. If you're at Schwab, you get Schwab funds. What, what we would never do that. We would never say, um, here are five funds. I'm sure there's better out there, but let's just use these. What process do we go through, Brad, to find um, the best performing managers we, we can find? 
Yeah, uh, and you're talking specifically about the risk bucket there. So when we use um, a two-sided or an actively managed uh, portfolio strategy, um, there's a lot of these out there. And this is why some folks that are listening to this might be aware of it, but there's a bunch of different databases. And honestly, more advisors should do this work. Um, but what we're looking for is any portfolio strategy, any mutual fund, money manager uh, that has done two things. First one is outperform the market over you know, a very long period of time. We need to see some demonstrated results there. Um, and the second thing we're looking for is protection against losses in the downturn. And this can come in a couple forms. It can be fully avoiding those losses and you know, producing a positive yield uh, by by uh, actively managing through those downturns successfully, or even just like you know, losing less than the market. So not having to recoup as much uh, loss as a more traditional portfolio strategy. And you know, when you go through those databases that we have licenses to, things like Wilshire, Morningstar, Theta, TimerTrack, these are all great places to go as advisors to find these kind of diamonds in the rough or, or a needle in a haystack, whatever euphemism you want to use, but they're out there. Uh, and, and when we formally incorporate them into our risk bucket, I think it kind of rounds out that uh, risk management side of a portfolio where we are looking to avoid taking the brunt of those losses that'll come around every seven or eight years over the 30 year plan that I'll develop for a client. I like how we go down the checklist where um, one of the things that we, we have four requirements for the managers, one that they have to have gone through a down market or else to us, they're not proven. So if we, if we picked a manager, it started up in, I don't know, 2018 uh, up until last year, they've never been through a down market. And so we we wouldn't know how much downside protection they have. So we still use 2008 um, and actually last year now as uh, something that we look closely at. The second, the manager has to show actual numbers, no hypothetical or back-tested numbers. The third thing we look for in a risk manager they have to show their numbers net of all fees. And number four, they have to show their numbers with third-party verification uh, on all of it. So we gather that data and we have four filters for these managers. One, we get rid of managers that are closed to new investors. Number two, we get rid of managers that um, are hedge funds because of their volatility. Number three, we get rid of managers that um, have three per account minimums of three, four, five million dollars. And then number four, we get rid of managers where that are high beta. In the good years, they go way up. In the bad years, they go way down. So what is left are the best performing managers, risk managers that we can find. And um, most all of these are computer trend following algorithms. And so that's what we use for our clients. And those have been the best performing managers for not just for the last year or two, but for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years. That, that's a surprise to some people, but not, not many. But that's who we use for our clients. So when you think about it, have you done that kind of research for your portfolio that Brian and Brad have been talking about? My guess is probably not that in depth, right? So the question is, do you want a team like Decker Retirement Planning to help you come up with a plan and a strategy that makes sense for you and your family and your portfolio and to make sure your money will last as long as you need it to, but you still have the funds to do the things you want to do in retirement. It's your opportunity. There's no cost. I don't know why you wouldn't take advantage. Uh, there's no cost, no obligation for this whatsoever. 
30-30 is the number. Just call the team and say, hey, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about that. Hey, I'd like a retirement plan. I like that safer retirement process you're talking about. I've not thought about it as in-depth as you guys are talking about it. I'd like to learn more how this would affect me. 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. Back with more with Brian and Brad right after this. This is Safer Retirement Radio. We all want the freedom to do the things that make us happy, especially in retirement. To get help with laying the foundation for that freedom, call 833-707-2020 to have a chat with Brian. What if you ordered a pizza, but when you opened the box, a couple of pieces were missing? That would be upsetting, right? Now, think about how much you believe you've saved for retirement. Do you still owe taxes on that money? Brian Decker and his team at Decker Retirement Planning understand the importance of tax planning and can help you reduce the impact that Uncle Sam has on your retirement. Give them a call today to start working on your retirement tax plan at 833-707-3030. Now may be a great time to lower your future tax liability. Create a retirement plan today so that you can get as many slices of your retirement pie as possible. Give Brian Decker a call at 833-707-3030 and schedule a visit. That's 833-707-3030. Firm offers insurance services and may not give tax advice. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. Again, you can go to the website to learn more, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. A lot of information on that website under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. You can download Brian's, Brian's book on retirement, The Decker Approach. Uh, there's 12 different things you can download under that heading of Safer Retirement Education at the Decker Retirement Planning website. Uh, you also can always call them with questions, right? 833-707-3030. They don't know if they can help you until you reach out. They'd love to find out if they could help you. And then, do you want their help? That's a big question. 833-707-3030. I'm going to ask this to both of you. Brian J., you've been doing this for over 30 years. Brad, you've been doing it over 10 years. So your experience levels are different. What I wonder is, give me a compare and contrast to when each of you started in the financial world to where it is now. How, how are things different? And obviously for you, Brian, over 30 years, Brad, for you over 10, how are things different and how are maybe they still the same? For me, um, with 37 years of experience, I started in 1986. Computers were just getting started. Now so much has turned automated and digital when it comes to portfolio management Um The different strategies are better, sharper. It's almost like everyone now has an edge um, that they're using to try to make money in the markets. Um, Risk and return are evaluated um, pretty carefully. And so I, I think a lot of it has been the computers and their effect on strategies, investments, um, stating your, your, your goals and things like that. So that's been the biggest change. How, Brad, how about you? I think for me, uh, the biggest shift um, is going through the first sustained downturn um, in the last 15 years. That's, I mean, just a remarkable, very notable shift in just the uh, more realistic picture in what 
the impact of a portfolio strategy can have on someone's life. And, and I always remind people that, look, last year was mild. I, I know we didn't like it. It's not fun to look at a 401k turn into a 301k. But at the same time, it's it's we did sort of get by with more of a warning shot of what future downturns can hold. And it's not even to say this one's over. I could easily see this one leg down again to something that's more in line with history. Uh, so I, I think having just uh, this more recent but sustained downtrend, just to kind of act as like a reminder that markets are not always as favorable as the last 15 years have been to people with very risk forward portfolios. Um, I think one other one, Mark, that I, I like that's different about this environment is that people aren't um, effectively punished anymore for safe assets. <laughs> I feel like this uh, financial repression is the term that I heard it called, but uh, before where people are investing in yeah, in the name of safety or principal preservation. And uh, in a lot of cases, that meant that they were tying themselves to a, a very low rate of return. I've, I've loved seeing the direction that safe assets have gone with you know rates of return that four or five years ago would have been fantastic, <laughs> um, even if you know it's still maybe not the most exciting yields, uh, but they're way better than they were uh, say, a year, year and a half ago. So those are my two observations. Yeah, I like I like that. I'm glad you guys could weigh in on that because I think it's always interesting because you come from a little bit different perspectives, obviously, and experience, but you're in the in the in the fight all the time. So I thought that was interesting. Now there was a couple other areas you wanted to get to, Brian, before we wrap up today's show. Oh, one more, one more contrast along Brad's uh, observation. That is, the S and P was only down nineteen percent last year. In two thousand and eight, was down twice that, thirty seven percent. In two thousand oh one and oh two, that was a three year decline of fifty percent. So we got we got a mild hit last year. A reminder that markets don't go up every year. Um, the the last point I think Brad, we should take some time on is for a husband and wife, uh, some spouses. Um, significant others, there's a big fear of worst case scenario, Brad. How much income is lost at the death of a spouse? How do you go about that? When you, when you walk a couple through in your office, how do you, how do you show them that in a worst case scenario, um, they're actually going to turn out pretty good? Yeah, I mean, it's this one's always a sensitive topic because it's one of the virtual guaranteed aspects of the time frame that we plan for as a firm is that at some point, one spouse will lose the other. Um, and, and for a number of reasons, this is a really important guide of how we recommend clients invest today, anticipating that this is a virtual certainty uh, for their future and help them make good decisions now anticipating this. And you know, one of the ones I've heard one of our peers say before that I, I use, I let people know that when, you know, in the point in the future where there's one spouse that passes away, not only is it the saddest day of their life, but it's also their worst uh, tax day of their life because they graduate from married uh, filing jointly to a single filer. And this is one of the reasons we talk a lot about tax planning because you don't want to be caught on the wrong side of that tax equation. But more specifically to the income question you were asking there is you can go through with our plan year to year to year and you can look at what source of income was anticipated to be drawn from in that particular 12-month period. So you have social security, you have pensions, rental properties, and then of course you have the income from assets that we focus our time on. Um, and so it's really helpful to be able to show people in that broken down way 
what those columns of income are, and you can isolate whether one of those is at risk if one spouse or the other passes away. It comes a lot of times in pensions. This is important. You can look at whether someone has 100% survivability or 50% survivability or 0% survivability. And you can look forward to a date 10, 15, 20 years down the road and show what their income would be if the, one of the spouses passed away at that point. Um, you know, Social Security is the other one. You can show folks that one Social Security, one of the two that's listed on their plan, is going to be there forever, but that at some point one of the Social Security income streams will be lost. And you can do the math quickly to show what the surviving spouse would have to be able to live on um, from that point and into the future. Now, on a positive note, while that is a very sad kind of sad conversation or sad position to envision, in the vast majority of cases, uh, it's actually more of a peace of mind to see that their plan is going to be just fine. Now, if it's not enough, if a big chunk goes away for a number of reasons, uh, if one spouse passes away, then we can help them figure out how to fill that gap um, and do that in a way that gets them an income that is actually suitable for the surviving spouse. But I do like that in the majority of cases, we can show a spouse that they'd be just fine um, if one did actually end up passing away and kind of unexpectedly. And the checklist I go through is I say, uh, if uh, spouse A passes away, uh, the worst time to lose spouse A is right now today. So spouse A keels over right now. You still own the house. You still have income from the portfolio you get the higher of the two social securities, not both. The pension we look at to see if it, there's uh, survivability, but we calculate out the hit um, for the income. And if there is a lot of exposure on that, if one spouse, if there's a six-figure pension that goes away, Brad, we want to cover that. We want to make sure that there's whole life insurance that uh, protects that surviving spouse. But we try to plug that hole, right? Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's helpful to have that knowledge when you lay out each individual income source at different stages. Um, you can figure out if there is an actual gap that needs to be filled. But I've just found that more often than not, that fear um, is put to bed when they can see that the actual impact of a spouse passing away is typically it's just losing that one lower social security and they're left with the higher one. Um, and so it ends up being more of a peace of mind conversation that they're going to be just fine um, uh, from there on. But of course, you're right. If, if there is a gap, it, it's, it's illuminated in that conversation. So as you can tell, there's a lot of different moving parts when it comes to your retirement planning. Certainly, you don't want to think about the loss of a spouse. You know, and the government says, hey, congratulations, you were married 50 years. So we are going to take the lower of the two Social Securities away. Maybe you lose some or all of a pension. And then, hey, you were married for 50 years. So you got to, you know, file your taxes as a married joint jointly. Uh, you got to do that for that entire time. But now you're single. So now your taxes go up. There's a lot of moving pieces here that Brian and Brad and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help you figure it out and maybe alleviate some of that stress, give you some more clarity moving forward. I think that's the biggest thing. Give yourself some confidence moving forward, some clarity with your retirement plan. That's what the team at Decker Retirement Planning are all about, to help you however they can. They don't know how they can help you until you reach out. And again, that number is 833-707-3030. No cost, no obligation, no pressure, no judgment. Brad's the only one of us that's never made a mistake. Brian and I have made plenty, but we're here to help. 833 707 
Thanks for being with us for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Have a great week. Back with more of Safer Retirement Radio next week. Have a great week, everyone. Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. That accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.